Hello, hello, and welcome to Wake Up to the Word. We're so glad you're here, coming to you from the bowels of the Barksdale Communication Complex. I am Pastor Jeff Barksdale, your Bible teacher and friend. <laughs> so glad you joined us. All of a sudden, I have like an allergy attack going on here, so we will um, try to navigate that. Um, uh, yeah, it's not good at all. Not good. This is New Testament Friday. Friday, Friday. We're so happy. It's Friday. And the weekend is upon us. Glad you're here. Um, maybe coming out. Uh, Life Coast Church this weekend, 1030 at Matanzas High School Auditorium. Great worship. Pastor Mike will be bringing the word, and we're very excited for you to come and join us. If you live in the Palm Coast, Flagler County area, and you do not have a home church, and you uh, listen in to us regularly, we are being heard in seven nations. We have over 1,500, I said 1,300, I think, or 1,200, over 1,500 Listen, uh, um, hits on our uh, podcast. Uh, this is episode 66. We're so glad you're here. We are in the New Testament, and we are going through the Bible chronologically. Today, we are on Matthew 24 and 25, and this is kind of some meaty stuff we're going to do today, so... I'm going to try and keep us in our time constraints, but you can always listen to it in two different segments if you want. So, <clears throat> so uh, let's, uh, let's get ready to rumble. Here we go. Matthew 24 starts off with Jesus foretelling the destruction of the temple. And it's really important for us to understand the context of this entire segment. Um, not just uh, Matthew 24. And the context begins here at the beginning of the chapter for what he's going to describe. So... Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to read the very first parts of it, the first three or uh, four verses, uh, to, to help us understand the context. Right, i got to look at the, the camera. Sorry about that. I'm looking at my notes that I have. i got my Bible, my notes. i got a few things on the computer. i got my stuff here. So, Jesus, verse, 20, verse 1 of chapter 24. Jesus left the temple. Where did I put my glasses? Jesus left the temple. And was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, You see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. <clears throat> Verse 3. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray. Okay, 
That is the context for everything that Jesus says in the next 30 verses, 30, 40 verses, 40, 45 verses. That's the context of everything that he's about to say for 45 verses, okay? And why do I point that out? Because let's identify where are they sitting on the Mount of Olives? Who's talking to him? The disciples. Who? Who? What? What else are these disciples? They're Jewish disciples. And the question is: Tell us, your Jewish disciples, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray. Okay, this is important because it's not always going to be easy to see the answers. Okay, all right. Um, now we're going to go through a whole bunch of different things. Uh, For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For the na- for nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are but the beginning of the birth pains. Okay, so there's going to be a lot of stuff that looks like the end, but it's not the end. Okay, you, you, he says, don't be deceived by this. Uh, you're going to think it's the end, but it's not the end. It's the beginning. It's just the birth pains. It's just the Braxton Hicks for you ladies who've had those before. It's not the end. It's just the beginning. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Okay. The birth pains are going to come, and then the tribulation will happen, put you up to tribulation, and this could be a general uh, tribulation for the Jews, it could be the tribulation for the Jews, put up to tribulation, it seems singular, so uh, contextually it appears to be talking about the tribulation, which is for the Jews, if you look at the 70th week of Daniel, it is all written to Jews, about Jews, for Jews. Is the rest of the world impacted? Absolutely. But the focus of it, the reason for it, is God's final dealing with Israel. Okay? So that's an important thing. Uh, You will be hated by all nations for my sake, and and many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then, and then the end will come. Okay, now he comes into this next section. We're probably going to be reading a little verse by verse here, but that's okay. It's not a whole big, huge section. 
So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel, there's Jesus referencing Daniel, just like I referenced just before. He's bringing them to that place too. Standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee from the mountains. Let the one who is in the housetop go down and take take what is in his house and let it, let the one who is in the field not turn back to get his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as not been found from the beginning of the world until now, no and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will be. Okay, kind of a long uh, thing. But when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, some say that that happened um, was Nero, and this all happened in 70 AD. Jesus returned then, and we are now in the tribulation. Tribulation is a seven-year period. If you have good hermeneutics, good, good uh, Bible reading skills, uh, I think is what well past uh, seven years uh, here. Um, and he says, then there will be a great tribulation. Okay, such has not been found from the beginning of the world. And so these kind of things, uh, we can keep reading. I'm going to read a few more verses and talk a little bit more. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the heaven and the power of the heaven will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds into heaven in the power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet, call them will gather from the elect in the four winds from the ends of the heaven till to the other. So none of this has happened. And so it's saying if we're if the if we're in the tribulation or we're in the millennial kingdom, tribulation has happened in 70 AD with Nero in the in the abomination of desolation occurred, which would have been in the middle of the tribulation, according to Daniel uh, and uh, according to Revelation. If they're saying that that happened, then this should have occurred already. The coming of man, the darkening of the sun, the gathering of all the people, none of that has happened. None of that occurred. And so this is still future events. And so... We get a lesson from the fig tree uh, coming up next at 32. Uh, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as the branch becomes tender and puts its leaves, you know the summer is near. So also when you see all these things, you will know that it is near and very at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. 
heaven and earth will not pass away, but my word will not pass away. So we still have God's word not passing away. And now it talks about generation, but this can also mean this economy, this this uh, this this age. That's the, the term I was looking for. This age will not pass away. So they are they are just entering into, they are right on the cusp of the church age, still living under the law, but but the age of the church is gonna come and that age will not pass away until until these things happen. We don't transition into the millennial, into the kingdom age until these things occur. And now, no one knows the day of the hour. And 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 notice this this fits in when it says uh when he says, I pray that it's not in winter. Jesus, in his humanity, does not know when this is going to occur. Not specifically, anyways. But concerning the day of the hour, no one knows, not, not the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. And, and, and how is that possible if he's God, he doesn't know? Well, uh, we know from uh, Philippians that he emptied himself of attributes, of knowledge, of understanding, of... and and. And uh, I always ask this question, uh, how many things do you not have to know, do you have to not know, I guess that's the way to pose that question, how many things do you have to not know in order to no longer be omniscient, all-knowing? How many things? And the answer is one thing. You only do not have to know one thing, okay? And Jesus is admitting he does not know this. So he emptied himself of this information. He may have emptied himself of more knowledge, but we know for sure he didn't know this because he says he doesn't know this. It doesn't mean that once he sat at the right hand of the Father, he doesn't know, but he doesn't know at that point, but he didn't know at this point. For as for as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. Important terminology. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. The two will be in the field. One will be taken away and one left. Two women will be grinding at the wheel. One will be taken away and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on that on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in part what part of the night the thief would come, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Okay, this... We have to understand the context. We're talking to the Jews about the second coming, because that's the question that was asked. Go all the way back to three. Sat on the mountain, now his disciples came to him. Tell us, we Jews, when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age. That's the context. So the question they're asking him. When is the second coming? When are you coming to start your kingdom? And and what's going to be the signs of that? He gives them all the signs. He walks them through the tribulation. He walks them through the the uh, the uh, uh, the uh, 
Abomination of desolation. Desolation was the only word in my head. Abomination of desolation. He walks them through that. And then he says, he talks about these things happening. Now, lots of people look at this and say, well, that's a rapture verse. The people are taken away. They're raptured out. But that's not the context. The context is, as it were in the days of Noah, he lays out more context. Who was taken away? The flood came and swept them away. Now, we have similar terminology. Then two men were in the field. One was taken away. We have two men on the mill, taken away. So the people taken away are taken away to judgment, just like those swept up by the flood in the days of Noah were taken away to judgment. And now the the ones who are, the ones who are, here, I got to make sure I'm still recording. I don't have any picture. Yes, I am. So the ones who are left are the ones that are going to enter into the millennial kingdom. So the faithful and the wise, and he, he comes back down and he says, uh, 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 45, uh, who then is the faithful and the wise whom his servant has set over the household to give them their food proper time? Blessed is the servant who his master's fine doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to him, my master is delayed and begins to be, not do his work, beat his fellow servants and, 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 act, and act against what the master wants, um, he will cut him to pieces and put him with the hypocrites. He'll take him away. And that that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because he's going to take him away. Okay. So that's the context of 24. And I know it it's taught a lot as a rapture verse. It's mentioned out of context as a rapture verse. And I have no problem with the rapture being taught. But I don't teach it from here. Because this is not a rapture verse. This is the a kingdom age verse. This is entering into the kingdom because that's the question asked. Jews asking a question about the second coming of Christ. And that's what this is. The second coming, not the rapture. Okay? Um, we In 25, we have the, 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 the parable of the ten virgins. And um, the midnight cry, that famous term, the, but the midnight cry. And uh, for when the foolish, uh, this is about the lampstands, the ten virgins. And in a, in a Jewish wedding, there's, there's the, the, uh, the bridesmaids, essentially, that are looking for the bride to come. They don't know when he's coming. Um, the, the best man has come and spent time with them and is watching over them and uh, watching that they they are there and waiting for the bridegroom to come. No one knows exactly when he'll be done preparing a, a place, and he's going to come and get the bride. And the best man is there watching over, and uh, we can equate that marriage Jewish marriage ceremony to uh, the economy of God in the church age. He has sent his best man. The Holy Spirit has come watching over the bride and we are keeping watch for when the bridegroom completes preparing a house, right? And Jesus even said that, I go to prepare a place. 
So they would have grabbed the context of the wedding, and he's going to return, and that's exactly what these people are doing. And some people do not prepare. They do not work the whole time. They, they, uh, they, they, don't, they don't work until he comes. Um, truly, I say to you, this is a 12. Uh, I do not know you. Uh, watch, therefore, for you do not neither you do not know neither the day or the hour you don't know when he's coming and it's designed that way jesus wants it that way he wants us to always be thinking today's the day tomorrow's the day the day after that's the day he wants us always to be an expectation and the only thing that fits that is the a rapture of the church, a pre-tribulation rapture of the church, and then the tribulation to happen after that for his final dealing with Israel and entering into the millennial kingdom after that. There's no other eschatology that fits that all of those things as well as all of the Old Testament markers and all of the markers and the signs given within the New Testament. And so for I've looked at them all, and pre-tribulation rapture for me is the only eschatology, the only end times that fits. And I know people get have are in different camps. It doesn't make them unsaved. It doesn't make them our, not a brother and sister in Christ. This is an in-house debate and should never cause arguments, discussion, digging deeper into the word. That's always what this is all about. I don't think... God wants us to know all of it because he wants us to continue to learn and to dig the entire time we're here because getting to know him and his heart is the goal for every believer. And if we have all the answers, then we stop digging. Okay, so let's keep digging. Parable of the talents. And we've heard this one many times. One gets uh, uh, five, one gets Two, one gets one. They're told to make them work for the kingdom. And, and some, uh, the one with five gets five more. The one with two gets two more. The one with one buries it. And he's the one that they gets upset with. But the master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I, that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have no seed. Then you ought to have invested the money with the banker. At my coming, I should have received what was my own uh, was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten, because he gave him ten and he he turned it into five. So this is the rich. We got to get the rich man. I'm really rich. Yeah, there you go. So that was the guy who gave out the talents, and this is uh, uh, so. Uh, he said, cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, a taking away. He's taken away. Final judgment, starting at verse 31 of chapter 25. How, how are we doing on time? We got, uh, we're doing good. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then we will sit on his glorious, then he will sit on his, not, not us, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as shepherds separate the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep on the right and put the goats on the left, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you 
from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. And so then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So people say there's no such thing as hell, but Jesus talks about hell an awful lot. This And, and, and this is fire. This is the lake of fire. So uh, we talk about hell, but hell is that temporal place because hell and death is thrown into the lake of fire. And the lake of fire is the place that's prepared for the devil and his angels. And so this is the eternal fire that he's talking about. So, so it's not technically hell. It's the lake of fire. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and thirsty and stranger and, and, and did not minister to you? Then he'll answer me. Then he will answer saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do to the least of these, you did not do for me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So that's the end of that. And uh, if you got questions, send them in. I know that was a whirlwind tour of chapter 24, but there's a lot in there. And I hope I pulled out enough for you to keep digging. And that's our goal here. We want you to keep digging. We don't want you to just listen here and stop reading and stop digging. We hope that this is the bait that keeps you in there, that keeps you wanting more. And we hope that you keep listening to us. Go to go to wakeuptotheword.org to get your own Bible reading plan if you don't have it. And go check out Jeff's stack of stuff. Lots of good articles and links to go to to help you with these things. So we are done. It's weekend time. Raise your cup of Folgers Classic Coffee. And we will see you Sunday at Life Coast Church, 1030. Matanzas High School Auditorium. Love you guys.